What a what a what a world! Welcome to the Gin Pod Gin Podcast. This is uh, G Weezy Eleven. Thanks for tuning in. I got my best friend Jimmy here. We um, what up, Jimmy? How you feeling, man? So what's up? I'm feeling good. That's Living good. Living life right now. I bet you are. You got all this money on the table. What's up? What's up? <laughs> um, me and uh, me and Jimmy, like all the, like all my other friends, we've been friends for a while, and I think um, like. Like everyone else, we met in we met in school, uh, middle school, right? Middle school, yeah. Seventh grade, and funny thing about that is, we um, shit, it was gym class. So we had gym class together, and I believe yeah, Diego was in there too. But when I don't know, it was weird how we met or I met Jimmy. I, I'm not, too, I don't, I don't recall anything. But do you remember anything as far as how we met or if we talked or? Uh, I just remember being in gym class, and all I try to do is just play ball. Just play, play ball. ball. That's all I remember. But <laughs> I remember you though. I remember seeing you. Uh, I just remember you were big, yeah. tall, taller than me, obviously. Um, but you used to wear big shirts back then. That's what I remember. You used <laughs> well, to wear big, tall, big tall tees with the fucking tall tee tag on it. Still, I remember that. But I remember all I was just trying to do is just play ball. Yeah, picking my game for the NBA, but it never happened. Nah, that's never gonna happen, even to this day, man. <laughs> but uh, do you remember me then? Yeah, I think so. Wait, to, wait. To, you know what I remember though? I remember us playing tech decks, bro. Tech decks. Yeah, I remember playing in gym class, bro. Because think about think about this. And well, this is what I remember in gym class. Like we weren't even doing like physical activity. We were just. I remember we were just sitting there. Like we had like individual spots on the actual gym basketball floor where we sat down. And we would play with our tech decks and stuff. I think I remember that. And we would, um, yeah, we would just have groups. And I don't remember how we played with tech decks. I don't know if that's still a thing right now, but. Because class would start with us just sitting there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd just be separated. Yeah, we were. I I think I remember you always sitting to the right of me. From what I remember. But I I don't remember playing tech decks. I remember tech decks in like eighth grade. Maybe it was me and Diego. Yeah, that's probably y'all because y'all are weird as shit. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were, we were stupid. Hey, was I was I getting in trouble back then though, in class? Yeah. So check this out. Check this out. <laughs> this dude, seventh grade. I think this is how I met him, or like when we started. I was not intimidated of him because he was like fucking three feet tall, but he was. <laughs> so one day in gym, ah man, I'm just gonna. I don't honestly, I don't remember. But one day in gym, he came in or something and. It was just known that he had came back from alternative school or like boot camp. It was boot camp, right? You remember? It was, it was boot camp. Okay, boot camp. And it was awesome. The, okay, so, so go, go. How how did you get into this? Yeah, tell me <laughs> tell me the situation because I, I don't remember. I don't know. Like back then, I just remember being in class, just talking a lot, and I would just get written up for that. That's all I remember. Yeah. And I just remember the teachers getting mad at me just for talking. That's about it. I wouldn't do anything bad, but um, they would always write me up. So I would always have a bunch of write-ups. So um, I think it was uh, Miss V. I think that's what her, her name was. The principal? Um, no, she was one of the... Uh, she was just, Yeah, she was one of like... I think she was... Administrators. A, I, think, I think, yeah, okay. So she was one of them because we had like two or three, but I always, I would always have to go to her for some reason. Um, so she had all my referrals, and then I would always be in ISS. Um, so she said I wasn't a bad kid, so she wanted to send me to alternative school. 
So she told me, look, we have this other other thing that we can do is send you to boot camp, which is not as bad, but just as hard. So I went, I, I think I went for like th- for three months. No, it wasn't that long. I don't remember, I don't remember but it seemed like a long time. Um, so I went to boot camp and we would have to wear uniforms. It was kind of like a military thing and they would just discipline us. Um, we would have to eat like without talking within like five minutes and um, we would have to do physical like things and also we would have to go like in marches and uh, <laughs> jogging and stuff like that. It, it was yeah, it was yeah. pretty fun, like honestly. Um, I did kind of calm down after that um, because of the, the teachers that were there. They were like actually from the Marines. Um, so they would actually discipline us. Um, I just remember like when I got there, I was actually getting in trouble a lot compared to the kids that were in there. Um, I remember they would always get mad about the way I sat because I wouldn't sit straight. So what the fuck did you say? Like I would sit? just sit like slouched, like, oh, okay, like, okay. Yeah, like yeah. low. Yeah. So they would get mad at me all the time. And, and one day they just kept on getting mad at me. And they, they put me in one room by myself and made me just sit there. And if I slouched, they would take me outside and make me do like jogs or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I remember this one time they took me out there and made me just do push-ups like until I was like so tired I couldn't do it no more. Um, and then they would get a log and throw it and make me go fetch it pretty much. What the fuck? Yeah, like I swear. Like I was doing push-ups and then he was like, you had enough? And I was like, no, I can still do it or whatever. So he gets a log. This this dude was big, like yeah. big. Um, and he get, gets a log. He just throws it and he goes, go fetch it. And then he grabs it again. And after I give it to him and he throws it. And I just keep on doing that. Just just make me feel some type of way, I guess. Um, that's what I remember from it. And um, But honestly, I did after that. I actually calmed down. Like in high school, I didn't get ridden up no more. Um, after middle school, it was like, that was pretty much it. So would you say you <clears throat> learned something? From it, or you're um, still. I guess I at that time I did. I guess I just needed it at the time to um to grow, mm-hmm. um, to be disciplined in a certain way. Because at that time I didn't have uh, a father figure to tell me not to do things. Yeah, that um, it was just my mom. So I guess at that point they were the ones kind of like um there every day just telling me not to do something. So yeah, I talked about it in one of my previous podcasts, like. It's having that that um that nurture from from home helps out a lot. It's a lot of people don't understand that that can if you have that nurture at home, like let's just say you had your father, you would have someone to look up to, you would have someone that disciplines you at home, you would have someone that actually tells you, Hey, stop that shit. That's not that you know what I mean? Like that's not right. So for me, uh, same same deal. I don't think I was yeah, I don't think I was as bad as you. I don't think I've ever did anything crazy like that, but it was it was just crazy to see that someone so small in my yeah someone so small is just at the time I was just I don't know I was I was fucking I was flabbergasted nah I, I was it was it was funny to me but that that was uh, seventh grade eighth grade I'm pretty sure we talked a little bit more um, I think I think seventh grade is one of the grades that all of us actually came together and then eighth grade obviously it was just we kicked it off. As far as the group of friends that we have, but we went into high school. That's when, yeah, that's when we just started. Yeah, because uh, seventh grade, I remember. I don't really remember us talking. I just remember like us starting to know each other. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think at that time, seventh grade, I would talk to uh, to 
Anthony Rojas a lot. That's who I would hang out with with, okay. with a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because um, sixth grade, that's who I'd hang out with, and then um, seventh grade, I I don't remember really hanging out with him, but I remember we were still friends. Yeah. Uh, but that's when we started like interacting with the eighth graders and stuff like that, and then we started talking to more people. Um, but eighth grade. I think that's when we started hanging out because I think that was the first time that we we hung out like out of school. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first time I remember us hanging out out of school was when we went trick or treating Halloween. Damn. I don't remember if you remember that when we went to Eric's house. I want to say yes, but then I want to say no. Like I'm 50, I, I remember something funny that happened that day. What happened? I don't remember. You did something that day. <laughs> that's uh yeah that's crazy. That that wasn't the day. I think it was. It no. was during that. It was, or maybe it wasn't that day. It was like during that time that we first started going to Eric's house. Okay. And that was eighth grade, right? I don't remember. It had maybe been. it was. I think I think it was because that's whenever um, we would walk from school yeah. to Eric's house and we would just hang out um, every once in a while. But I, I think I remember it was it was either Halloween or it was like during that same same time. I, I don't think it was Halloween. I think it was during the actual. Man, I'm trying to figure out if it was. Yeah, I don't remember, bro. I honestly don't remember. But that that was like the first time that we would hang out. And then I know me, Caesar, and Eric, that's when we would actually go to the movies. Yeah. Um, well, y'all lived in like the big country area, right? So it was kind of easier for y'all. Sort to of, yeah. Hang, like, yeah. hang out. Yeah. Um, at that time, yeah. Um, but I, I remember like me, Caesar, and Eric going to the movies a lot. That time. I remember that too. Yeah. Well, I remember... The only reason why I remember is because I was poor as shit. Didn't have any money. <laughs> uh, I, I I think I went a couple times, but I don't I don't know if it was with y'all, if it was with other people. But I remember because I, I remember most of the time we would go to... Um, what was it? Regal? Right yeah, there off of yeah, Ingram and in, in, uh, 410. It's crazy because at that time I started driving to the Regal. And I drove there like once or twice, eighth grade. In eighth grade? Eighth grade. I remember the first time I drove, bro, I was driving to like the middle of nowhere to one of the, to the ranch that I actually, that my grandpa has. And it was some little small Mazda, but I was, yeah, that was the youngest I ever, ever drove. And it was a small car. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I was like five, five by that time. And it was just so easy for me just to handle that car, but. Yeah, driving's. Um, I started early. Well, yeah, obviously you started early too because you drive. You started driving then, but yeah, it was pretty crazy. It is crazy. I know one of the as we got into high school, we um, I mean, we started hanging out, we started doing things. But one of the one of the funniest shit we ever we ever did was throw a party at your house. Oh, that was awesome. So we threw a party at Jimmy's house one time, and this was shit. I think this was more towards our senior year in high school. It was, it was probably like spring break or somewhere around that time. I think it was, yeah, it had to be in March. I'm trying to remember the actual day or something, but it had to be in March. And yeah, March of 2013, I should go with that. And we, uh, yeah, there was some hype around it. We uh, we did our thing. We bought all pitched in for for beer and and um and, and liquor. And it was it was a the theme was black light. So it was black a black light party. Yeah, it was a black light party. We we threw a, a couple of those actually, but that was the first one that that uh I don't know what would you say put us on the map. 
Nope. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It it was just it was just crazy to see because all the like people that we knew in high school like were there, and I, th- I think you know what I think it was the summer before senior year. I think that's when it was. You think so? I think so. That's what I remember. I don't remember. I was thinking it was maybe before we graduated. I don't. Know. It was for sure. It was. Yeah. Because I think we had one more after. After we graduated. Well, I was, man, I, I, I don't, honestly, I don't remember, but it was just, it was a cool vibe. We had a couple beer pong tables going. We had your kitchen filled with shitload of, of alcohol and, and, and liquor. Keg. Kegs. Um, what else did we have? Weed. <laughs> we, I don't remember the weed. No, somebody else brought it. We didn't. I don't remember. Maybe. I'm trying to figure out what else do we have. That's about it, right? I don't think we had anything we had else. Oh, okay. So and remember we painted the the walls with okay trash bags. Yeah. So we'll put trash bags and paint. Yeah, yeah. So we put trash bag. We cut up the trash bags. We put them on the walls, and then we just I guess do paint on them. Uh, like, and then uh, what else did we do? Whenever someone came in, we had like uh, oh, spray we bottles. Had spray bottle, yeah. Yeah, yeah we had spray bottles with uh with the paint in them. So if you had like a white t shirt or a black t shirt. Sprayed it on you, and then we had black lights all over the house too. I remember, you know what? I remember buying those um, from for the that black light party. I think I'm pretty sure I bought them. But so we had, we did that, and how many times do you think that got raided before <laughs> that we actually stopped everything? Uh, I got raided like twice. That shit got ghetto real quick. Yeah, real quick. It was <laughs> there was a lot of people in that fucking house. I think there was even a couple of fights, bro. Honestly, like maybe a fighter. T- I don't. I, I don't remember, but it got ghetto quick. It, it's 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 crazy because there's a shitload of people in that house. I mean, I think what was what square footage? Maybe uh, like downstairs was probably. Uh, I would say maybe like. Six hundred to eight hundred square feet, yeah. but it was just a, a living room, dining room, and a kitchen. Yeah, yeah. But everybody was in mostly the dining room because that's where we had the. The laser lights and the DJ. Oh, okay. I remember. And, yeah. And then we had the beer pong tables in, in the living room. But like by the, the time the cops started coming, like you could barely even walk in there. It was crazy. Like I just remember us setting up and then we were just sitting there. Do you remember? We were sitting in the in the dining room with, yeah. with all the lights. It was all dark with, with the paint on the walls. And we we're just like, bro, it doesn't even seem like nobody's coming. Like it was already like probably Eleven thirty or eleven o'clock, and um, we're just like, bro, what if nobody comes? And then um, I just, people just started showing up, and then it got packed. It was crazy, and then um, cops started showing up, and got ghetto. And then um, I just, <laughs> I don't know if it was that party because we had we had like three parties just the same, uh, but I remember one of the parties got so packed. I had a, this uh, china cabinet in in the dining room on the dance floor and um and then there was this kid i don't, I don't even know who he was because people just showed up i don't even know who they were but um there was a kid on top of the china cabinet sitting on top what the fuck yeah you know how tall china cabinets are they're yeah. like probably what like seven eight feet yeah seven eight feet yeah, yeah. this this dude was sitting on top of that china cabinet and the funny thing is is that china cabinet wasn't even connected the bottom piece was just like shelves or drawers or whatever, and then the, <laughs> the top piece was just glass. So it was like, yeah, this this guy was sitting on top, and I don't even know how because that thing should have just fell over. 
but I just remember seeing him with a beer on top, just drinking. Just chilling. Yeah, like all the lights were on because we were telling everybody to get out. And this dude was just on there sitting there. It was crazy. It just didn't make sense. It, that shit doesn't make sense now that I think about it. Did you see it. that? I don't remember. Maybe I did. That shit was crazy. I, I, from the, the the things the things that yeah the things that I remember. So there, I think it was like the first time the cops came in, came and knocked on the door. I said keep it down or whatever. But there's just so much people. So I remember like people like coming up to me because we were in the corner back near your um, your sliding doors, like the back of your house, yeah, yeah. where the DJ was at. Because yeah, the keg was right there. Yeah. So people were coming up to me, like people that I was actually cool with that I actually talked to. In high school, because there was a shitload of people that we had no idea like who it was. They're just like, "Hey, you think think we can go upstairs? You think we can like chill here? Like, we do we have to leave?" And I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't give a fuck." Like, I was, yeah, I was. We were all on some stupid ass shit that that day or that night. And man, when do you remember when it lasted? Maybe till like honestly, I don't remember five. Four, I, don't, five. I don't. I don't think it lasted that long because um, the cops came. But, but we stayed there that long. Yeah, no, we stayed there. Hey, was that the time when Diego tried to do that backflip? No, oh my. <laughs> we, I'm, damn, do you still have it on video? <laughs> nah, I don't. You I don't? I never had it. Someone has to have, so. I think it was that night, though. So, yeah, <laughs> di- man, we need that shit, because Diego was trying to do a, a fucking a handstand or a backflip? He's trying to do a backflip. I don't oh. know what the fuck he was doing. So, in high school, he, I don't know if he had this, like, I wouldn't say it's a signature move, but he would just like pretend like he was about to do a backflip and like he would like if he was a break dancer or something and he like got into a position or whatever and he just he yeah, he went in and he fucking fell flat on his ass. But I don't know, to give him some uh benefit of the doubt, it was some beer on the floor, he was faded, nah, so nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, was on him. It was funny as fuck. Well honestly, I met a lot of people that day at that party, like people that I didn't even talk to when I well before that, I didn't talk to him in high school. Like, there's a couple people I'm just like, um, that yeah, I didn't even. I was like, fuck you. I think I, that night, um, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure it was that night. Um, somebody took the the pump to the keg. Yeah, well, because obviously, whenever you rent a keg, yeah, you have to pay for the keg which you rent it. Um, but you buy the pump by itself. I, I don't remember how much it is, like twenty bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you lose that, that's a lot of money. And um, I just remember it was getting close to the end of the night, and um, and that was whenever the cops were there, I think. Uh, well, right after they left, and somebody just yells out, hey, somebody stole the pump, somebody stole the pump. Oh, and I was, like, I was like, fuck. And so we started trying to look for it, and it was uh, my mom's boyfriend that took the pump. Why did he take the pump? Because he wanted everybody to leave, but oh, okay. I was tripping out because... Because I thought somebody stole the pump, and I thought I was gonna have to pay for it. Yeah. So I was I was tripping out, and I was like, damn. But I don't remember. If you remember that dude? Remember Jesse? The one that remember when we were because we remember we were all sleeping in my room. Okay. You were, you were there. Remember? I, maybe keep going. Remember, so we're well. Obviously, it was the next morning, like yeah. or the middle of the night. Um, we were after we all drank, so we went to go sleep in my room. It was probably like eight of us. Well. The guys that were sleeping there, I remember it was me, Diego, like Eric, Caesar. I don't remember who else stayed, but um, Diego always brings it up um, that my mom's boyfriend comes in like looking for the keys. Oh yeah, okay, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, okay. yeah, yeah. I remember. I fr- Damn, what did he say? I don't remember. He Diego was like, always 
Brings that shit up though. He said, fuck, I'm trying to remember. Um, he said something like, I don't know. I, we were, I think the cops were there or the, they're, they're, yeah, the cops were there and everybody was like in the actual house, but everybody was like, I don't know, on their knees or like trying to hide. And he was just, he was, I don't know if he was telling someone to get out or fuck, Diego knows it. Diego knows the phrase. That, <laughs> that shit that was fucking said. funny though. That shit was funny. I remember. And I think he went upstairs too, but, or when, when we woke up and I remember, yeah, bro, that was time of our lives, time of our fucking lives when we didn't have bills and bullshit to worry about all this other fucking yeah fucking going to Whataburger all drunk and shit bro we used to have that Whataburger on Marbach and 410 all just four tables all lined up it was crazy because then at that time there was shit yeah there was just everybody there I don't think we ever got kicked out of Whataburger I don't think so. We were just fucking drunk. I got I got kicked out of Whataburger downtown. At like recently or just no, uh, it was uh, all bad. I think uh Caesar and Stefan were there. Um I think we went I think we went to um Paddles. Oh, okay. And then we went to um Whataburger right after and I don't remember what happened, but one of the one of the cops just threw me out. Literally? Yeah, like just literally like, threw me up. out. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, man. Caesar and Stefan were there when I got thrown out of the strip club, too. Oh, okay. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. That shit. I don't want to talk about that, though. Yeah, that's... But a, I did get thrown out of the strip club. <laughs> he was... What were you... Can we go into it? No, no, no. Let's not All talk right. about that. Let's not talk about it. So, we'll switch the topic. We'll go... Actually, um, so, we got a couple things we want to talk about. Obviously, that's why you're tuning in. But me and Jimmy, uh, again, we know each other for a long time. But we actually... Shit. We actually, I've been in the business for about, well, the car business for about, shit, a year and a half, or a year and a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, and what would you say you've been a car salesman for? Um, now I would be, well, I'm not in it now. Yeah. Let's not talk about that, but um, now I've been in the car business for about two and a half years. Two years. Yeah, two and a half years, so... Um, Right now, I'm not doing it, but I'm trying to look at some other things to do. But uh, car sales did amazing things in my life. Taught me a lot of things. Um, put me in the position I am in now. Um, but Yeah, there's a, a lot of people don't know that. Um, I mean, there's this stigma. Of, I think there's this, when I was getting into it, there's I thought of this stigma as like these people are trying to rip you off to an extent. You know what I mean? But honestly, it's a it's a good like. People that work in a car, car, like people that are car salesmen that I know personally, they're just ordinary people trying to make a paycheck. You know what I mean? They got bills to pay like everybody else. And there is certain ways that uh, that car salesmen get paid. Like there's certain different criterias and different, um, there's different ways from different dealerships. It all varies. But I mean, all of us were just trying to have fun, sell cars and uh, make some money. But when, let's see, I started... January, no, December of 2018, I had just left a banking job. I actually worked at security service for about six months. And if you work in a bank, I give some props to you because that shit was stressful. People and money and banks, yeah, never again. But when uh, I got into the business, I shit, I went head first. Um, Jimmy was actually training me on how to sell cars and it was... What do you say? About a month. And then I started. 
And yeah, I made some pretty good money. I honestly, it was the most money I've made for that year, my whole life. So I think my income, shit, I'm pretty sure it doubled from what I had the year before. So imagine, yeah, just your income doubling the year before. And I mean, the year after and you're, yeah, you're having fun. Let's see, 2018, 2019. Yeah, I went on a couple of vacations in 2019 or maybe just one. Yeah. But one of um, when you when you sell cars, there is a lot of time that goes into it that a lot of people don't understand. So for for us, when we worked at well, we sold Hondas at first, so we sold Hondas, and luckily they're Hondas, and they have this customer base that keeps us keeps the customers coming back and repeat referrals and all that good stuff. But for me, when it, it was just, the hardest thing learning to be a car salesman is just the the product knowledge of the actual vehicle. So the difference the differences between each model, how many models it actually has. Um, let's see what the prices are. I mean, you don't really need need to know the prices because those are always accessible and they always vary depending on specials and sales and all all that other stuff. But definitely the product knowledge and the features that should be it. Um, what do you think was was that the hardest thing for you as far as um, getting into the car business, or do you, or did you, didn't you know a little bit about vehicles before you actually went into it? Uh, yeah, I I did. Um, always worked on my own cars, but I didn't know. Honestly, it's not really about cars. You don't need to know nothing about cars to sell cars. Because um, before that, I would always work on my car, and I knew how to do old changes and stuff like that. Um, so some really. Well, the things that you need to know is just really about communication and um, um, about financing. Yeah. That's what I learned the most about being in the business. Um, I did start um, 2017 and summer of 2017, um, right before my son was born. And uh, that's before that I wasn't working. And like Gilbert said, it was the most money I ever made. Um, before that, I was unemployed and I was just doing studies. So it, literally... I would say probably was like five times the income that I was making per month. And it, it was just amazing, like the money that you can make in the business. Um, and I recommend anybody that hasn't done car sales to do it because it's just so much you can learn from it. Um, just the experience and um, things that you learn from the people that you meet. Um, also the motivation that they give you, the managers to um, the car sales people that you do meet. Um, there's just so much to learn. You learn about financing. You learn about credit. Um, you learn about cars. And some point of view, you do learn on cars. But um, you really don't need to learn about that, um, like I said. Um, but it's a great business to try out, and I do recommend anybody to do it. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of soft skills you, you learn. Um, a biggest thing is communication. You learn how to communicate to a customer different ways because you got old, you got people that are um, elderly. You got people that are the same age as you. You got people that um, could be your mother. You got people that can be your uncle that are a little bit younger. So like there's different ways to communicate with different people and different ethnicities too. I should throw that in there. Um, But yeah, there's definitely soft skills. What else? Um, Negotiating. So um, there's, Obviously, if you don't know, you can negotiate prices at the dealership. For that, sure. Yeah, that price that you see online. Are sure. you don't see, go by yourself. <laughs> yeah, that 
there's a lot of yeah. So negotiating. Um, what else? You learn how to um, let's see. I think for me, time management because there it was a point in time where I was working forty hours at the, my previous job, and I jumped right into the car sales business, and I was putting in fifty five, sometimes sixty hours, and that time allocated, that extra time allocated to the car business, car business, I had to figure out time for my friends, time for my um, spouse, time for the gym, time for meal, meal prepping, like just all these other things that you have to figure out and you have to, um, you have to find, yeah, what works for you. But yeah, definitely a lot of shit you learn. Um, I know for me, the biggest thing that I learned other than like, well, I mean, credit, credit is probably the biggest thing. You learn how to deal with people that don't have credit, people that have bad credit, people that have good credit, and then you figure out yeah, what's, what works for them. But to get back to what you said, yeah, honestly, yeah, you don't need to know the product knowledge to actually sell cars because there's been times where I've known people that know that are like a salesman, but they go from different brands and they still sell cars. You know what I mean? Like you just have to have that motivation. You have to have that push to actually sell the actual car. Because honestly, it's it's all gonna come. Like it, the more you're around the vehicle, the more you're gonna figure out what does what. The more you're gonna figure out the prices. The more it it just comes along. So if I had to, um, like if you had to, honestly, I would do it. It it teaches you a lot. Yeah, and, I recommend anybody to do it. It's just so much information that you get from from doing it. Um, there's a lot to learn from it. And that's why um, whenever my friends tell me to, if they should do it, I tell everybody, just do it. Like, it's not, it's not even that hard. It's just, um, and it's not even that hard to get into it. Uh, I think whenever Gilbert went to go apply, he, he didn't even have an interview. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> my manager, well, Gilbert was like, hey, can I get a job? And I was like, yeah, I'll get you one. So I told my manager and um, Gilbert comes in and he just turns in his application and he's just like, all right, you want to make money? <laughs> and Gilbert was like, yeah, for sure, I want to make money. And my manager's like, yeah, all right. Well, that's pretty much it. And Gilbert started like probably, what, a week later or something? Yeah, it was a week later. I just had to do a drug test or something. And then a week later, I was I was uh, just doing some Honda training online. But, man, that, uh, yeah, that manager was a, was a cool guy. He was uh, a little weird, but there's a... Uh, he's my brother. No, he's not your brother. <laughs> same last name. We all have the same last name. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, but there's, there's a lot of things there. So there's pros and cons. So there, there's some cons. There's some, there's some stuff that messes like with you. Like that you just, sometimes you don't want to have that. You don't want to go to work. Like friends, there's some, there's some managers that we had that we wouldn't look forward to just cause the way they acted or, um, the way they, yeah, just the way that they treated one another. It wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't a cool vibe, but for the most part, everybody was cool. But there's just certain people or certain salesmen, I should say, that weren't, um, how do I say it? Like, they just weren't, I don't know, weren't looking out for everybody. I mean, yeah, it's a doggy world. Like, you got you to gotta survive of the fittest, I should, I should say. But to a point, you got to help out one another. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just be a fucking dick the whole time you're there at a certain dealership. And like, there was, yeah, there was a couple people that were like that. But other than that, met some cool people, met... um. Yeah, met people that I still talk to now. Smart people too, as well. Just different things that they, you can actually do. Like different things. Like if you're a car salesman, I always encourage somebody to actually have like a little side hustle. I mean, it, just in general. But 
I've met people that do have little side hustles like that, and it's always good to to branch out and network with other people. But what do you, what do you what do you feel about the managers? You feel like there's a there's a kind of I think we had some some fucked up managers. Uh yeah, we we did. Um, there's sometimes that they didn't really care about what what you're doing or not trying to help. Um, but we we worked at two different places and got to see um two different management styles. I guess uh, one was just more more about themselves. Um, and the first one that we worked at was was a little bit better before it changed. Um. It's just it's crazy about the car business. It it always changes. It's not always the same. Management's never the same. Um, it it changes more than any probably any business that you can go into. Um, because like by the time that I was there, uh, working at Fernandez Honda, I was there for um a little over two years, probably two years and like six months. Um, I saw probably hundred salespeople go through there. It was crazy. And probably about 10 managers. And I saw three GMs go through there. Um, so it always changes. You always have to adapt to it um, because everything does change. Um, so the managers at the, our second place that we were at um, just really looked out for themselves. Um, and I just, I didn't really see eye to eye with them. And and the car business, you kind of have to control your managers a little bit on how they treat your your customer that you have. Um, so it was a little bit harder when we worked at Toyota. Um, at Fernandez, we actually kind of controlled our managers the way we wanted to work our deals. So it was a little bit easier. Um, not every dealership is going to be easy to work at, um, just depending on the managers. Um, and I think we both got to see how that was. Um, what would you think? Yeah, same deal. Yeah, the... Yeah, for sure. The managers at at, at Honda was laid back, hundred percent. Like we used to, man. That we used to go on lunches, shit, for about two hours. We used to fucking just hang out. So the vibe was for sure laid back. Um, obviously, we made money. Obviously, we we're there to sell cars, and we when shit had to get done, we it it got done. But going to Toyota and another dealership and having seen those managers, um, the well, let me backtrack. The the dealership was bigger. They had a lot more inventory. They had a lot more sales. So a lot more money was was had to be made. And they had obviously you have a quota you have to you have to uh, reach. So 100% the managers were yeah looking out for themselves um, to to a certain way where they weren't they preached like oh it's it's all about the salesman's like we treat you good um, we give you the respect that you need but and honestly. Yeah, I, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that at all. There was, yeah, we just, we, man, what'd you say? We just go got thrown into the wild on, at, at that dealership? You got it. Not really. It's just my, my issue with them was like I didn't connect with any of the managers. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of managers there. Um, there was probably, what, about eight? Yeah, so about, yeah, about eight, and nine. And at Honda, we had four. Yeah, something like that. Three, about four. four that we would talk to every day. Um, so it was double the managers and, um, I guess it was double as hard to get through those those managers on trying to control them on what what you wanted wanted to do with your customers. So um, it was a little bit harder. Um, and honestly, they were a little bit um, harder, like to get a certain thing done from them, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I was I was um yeah. There's been a couple of times where I was at Toyota, and there was a lot of things that. 
I well being new and there's a lot of structure and things that I didn't know that had to get done and yeah it was I wouldn't say they I wouldn't I wasn't expecting them to feel sorry for me but I was just like fuck like I didn't know like you know what I'm saying like there's it's it's one of those things where I would think the managers would be a little bit more lenient since since we were new or since we didn't know what the fuck we're doing sometimes like like the actual paperwork the structure the process like all that stuff because there is that's that's another thing that's different from dealership to dealership there's a lot more um well there was a lot more paperwork we had to deal with at a honda versus toyota um, which sure. which made the for us it made the like the sales process very very smooth and that's what i liked about it but um there was a lot of times where i didn't know what i was doing and i would ask and then from there it would just trickle down to someone getting mad or some hurting each other's feelings or just something stupid but there's um yeah, there's. I think going back to that stigma, not all salespeople are bad because car salespeople, but there are some people out there that are just fucking dicks. That are just like, <laughs> we've 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 met some people that are just out there to to rip somebody's head off. For sure. How we, me and Jimmy always suggest that you um, take somebody with you, get the best deal, and negotiate for sure. And then also too, a lot of people, well, the dealerships don't like this, but. Um, if you have like outside financing, like if you get your financing done, like at, I don't know, any other, like your own bank too, I always recommend that too, just because there's certain, how do you say it? Like there's, the actual dealership gets paid when they finance through their own companies. Yeah. Um, so if you want a better deal, if you want a better interest rate, if you want um, overall, I guess just a, a smoother experience, definitely go ahead and get your own financing. But there is times too where it just makes a little bit more sense to do the financing at the dealership just because it's it's a smoother process. You don't have to deal with as much paperwork, but you they might have like better interest rates. Like I know when we sold Hondas, they or even Toyotas, there's like zero percent on some of the vehicles. There's like a one point nine, two point nine on some of the vehicles, and then at like some of the credit unions, it weren't even as 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 low as that. So what uh, what do you think? is the best situation or the best way to go about buying a, buying a vehicle now? Um, the way I did it, the best way I think is just finding that bank that, that you want to finance through because of obviously the rate. Um, sometimes, like you said, the dealership does have a better better rate um, to go off of. Um, but not, it's not always the case. Like you said, dealerships try to hold on the rate to make, make money off of you, make money off the bank. Um and obviously, it's, it's a business. Um, they're going to make money no matter what, um, especially on people that don't know don't know things. Yeah. Um, and that's what we take advantage of off the most is whenever you don't do research and you just show up to a, a dealership and expect to think that you're going to get the best deal. Um, doing your research before going is going to be the best thing to do. Also going maybe to the other dealerships and looking at pricing um, is going to be better for you. Um, and that's what I recommend. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like all bad things being at a dealership, but it's not. There's a lot of great people that you meet. Um, we met a lot of great people at at Honda and even at Toyota for the, the small period of time that we were there. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily some of the managers weren't the best, but a lot of the salespeople that we met were pretty cool. And um, I still keep in touch in touch with a lot of the salespeople that I met at Honda and even at Toyota. Um, but I do recommend anybody that wants to get into it, just, just do it. It's not that hard to get into it. 
Um, you learn a lot. You learn a lot for yourself as of financing um, and not to get ripped off by salespeople. Yeah. Uh, because that's that's where you mess up is when sometimes when you trust your salesperson too much is when you get messed up or yeah. when you get you get screwed over. Yeah. Um and and necessarily I didn't wouldn't do that all the time. It's just when the customer would allow me to do it, I would do it. Um because they didn't question question me. And I, I would just I wouldn't care because they didn't know better and I would make it seem like I didn't know better. Yeah. No, and it's not one of those so yeah, it's not one of those things where we're out to get everybody. And it's like, you got to think about it in our position, in our shoes. If you're a car salesman, you have to make money. You know what I mean? Like you have to actually, that's what you're there for. That's where you, that's why, you know what I mean? Like you, you're going to have that motivation to actually sell a vehicle. But if you have that person that is not doing the research, that is, um, you know, just buying the vehicle for whatever reason, and you have the opportunity to make some, make a good amount of money on it. Um, I would definitely go for it because that uh, that's how you're getting paid. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's other situations that y'all have had or the listeners that I've had that actually been in situations where they want to make money, but it might not be in the best interest of the actual buyer or whatever the case may be. But you do have a life. You do have bills. I mean, you might have kids. Um, so we, again, we were just there to make money. So that, that's why we did it. It's not, it was, we weren't out to hurt anybody, but even at that, there is, there was, I mean, more times than we, um, ripped somebody's head off more times than, um, we actually lost a good amount of money on the actual vehicles. So there was, um, a lot of, what do you say? Like a lot of Middle Eastern people, a lot of Asian people got, <laughs> no, I'm, we're just being real. Um, <laughs> Not to be racist or anything like that, because um, definitely, not, definitely not racist. But hey, yeah. Gilbert can lose the most money on any car. I swear, <laughs> bro. So look, check this out. Well, what's the, the most money that you lost on a car? You probably have it at Toyota. No. Oh, how much did I lose on that one? It was like forty five, right? No, 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 no. It was at Honda that red Civic that you got a grand oh, off. Oh of. yeah. Okay, that was like six grand, but that wasn't your fault though. Yeah, so it was like, I think it was like four grand. Or no, it was like what, six. Five? I don't remember. I remember it was six. It was my fault, so I don't count it. I re- only reason why I remember is because I was trying to sell that vehicle that week before, and I already knew how much the money the the oh, car okay. was losing. And if just to go into it, there was a vehicle that Honda had, and something had happened, and the the vehicle got returned to the actual dealership. We had to get uh, we had to sell it right away just to get our money back. And whoever sold it got a thousand dollar bonus on top of whatever the commission was for that vehicle. So there was no commission. There was no commission. Yeah. Cause it was losing too much money. Oh, okay. Well, so this is just a thousand dollars. I don't remember, but I was, man, I had a deal on it that week before you sold it. And I, I don't remember the situation. Wait, but, you sold it, right? Like they were supposed to pick it up. Or? Yeah. They were supposed to pick it up. All we needed was a DAX. We signed the papers. It was a, uh, it was a daughter and the, the father was, um, co-signing for the daughter and she loved the vehicle test drove it everything went smooth and it turned out that the dad didn't end up well when we we're there at the dealership i had got on the phone with the dad and he was telling me yeah let's do it let's let's uh yeah you have you can have my social or you can we can run the credit um so um there's obviously you have to do a credit on credit app online to kind of get that information you can't just do it over the phone but that's besides the point 
you he, we agreed to numbers everything was smooth he ended up just telling the daughter like hey this was a high payment and you can't afford it you only make like 1500 bucks a month or 1200 something something crazy low like that oh uh, yeah I remember. and yeah dude dude ended up going didn't end up going through but man i had i was happy bro i had filled it up with gas well, was there the thousand dollar cash at that time or no yeah 100 percent. there was there that's was? what yes i remember you know what's funny joe even tried to you remember joe was trying to sell it too like that same day oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah i remember I think that same day someone else was trying to sell that vehicle and they were supposed to come back and maybe I don't know. I would I say I can't believe I sold that car. It was, it was amazing. I think that was my biggest month too. A July, right? Yeah, it was my biggest month. Right before we went to LA. Yeah. I remember. It was, it was when I sold uh twenty two cars. Yeah, th- that was 20, my twenty two, twenty three, whatever. Bro, that, that month was so fucking crazy. Cause that month we made the most money. I sold the most cars and Bro, I made crazy money. Yeah, that that next month we uh we went to LA and it was it was a time of our fucking lives. Fuck yeah, yeah. You can just to go back. You can make a, a good amount of money, especially if you know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, for sure. And, and you're not gonna make money every single month. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, you'll make a crazy amount of mo- money one month, and then the next month you're not gonna make nothing. Um, and the thing I learned about, well, I think I I knew this about saving money before I even started in the car sales business, but um, I think it prepared me for the car business. Um, I would always save money mm-hmm. all the time, no, no matter what. Um, but once I started selling cars, like I would make a big paycheck and I, I wouldn't spend it. I would just save it. I'd probably send, spend like maybe a quarter of it or even less than that. Um, but it just helps me out throughout the time that I wouldn't make money because there'd be months that I wouldn't make really anything. Like I'd probably make just as much money as if I were to make a, work at McDonald's. Um, and then the next month I would make probably just as much as like a lawyer or doctor, but yeah, yeah. Um, and then the next three months I wouldn't make nothing. So like, it's just, it's just crazy, but, um, you learn a lot through it. Like I said, um, you learn a lot of how to spend your money and save it. Um, um, so it, it, it's a good experience to go through for sure. Um, but that, that, yeah, that helps you out outside of the actual dealership, like your personal finances. Yeah. To, to, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. So it helped me save money to where I'm at a point where I save money all the fucking time. Like there is, if you haven't read it, uh, there's a book called rich dad, poor dad. And I encourage everybody to read it. It's a purple book. I have it here. You can rent it for me five bucks a month. <laughs> no, but you can, uh, yeah, I encourage everybody to read that. Cause that, that gives you the basics of, of financial freedom, but it, it, to go back to being a car something, it definitely puts you in a position in life where you realize so so much things where you wouldn't before. First is saving, um, and just to, you you learn how to manage your money because there is yeah there's times where you don't make a lot of money and you're there's bad months and there's sometimes where you triple or quadruple your actual money you made the the month before and life is good and there, shit there's I know there was a couple times where you had three months altogether making money and yeah, it was right before I bought my house. Yeah. There was times after that where you didn't make any money for a couple months after that. Same deal with me. Um, I had maybe like a three or four month streak, maybe three months to be exact where I was just making good amount of money. And then after that, it was like fucking slope downhill and you just don't sell as much cars and it's the, it's the market. It's not us or anything like that. It's sometimes it is your mindset. Sometimes yeah. Okay. I, I can agree with that too. 
just because, yeah, you can get into a mindset. Yeah, you can definitely get into a mindset where you don't have motivation or you don't it, have. It, it's crazy too because in car sales, you do have a lot of time on your hands, a lot, because it does only take, say, four four hours to sell a car or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and you're at work most of the time from twelve hours or nine to twelve hours or whatever it may be, but. Other than those times that you're selling a car, you're just doing nothing. Um, and there's a lot of time on your hands that you can do other things. Um, so um, in car sales, you have a lot of downtime. Uh, that's a lot a lot of things, I guess, even with like real estate and stuff like that. You just have a lot of downtime that you're not doing anything, not making money. Yeah. Um, you definitely got to figure out, you, you got to figure out your schedule. You got to figure out the structure you want to have. Um, if there's a shit, man, if there's a day you don't feel like doing anything, you don't have to do anything. I mean, you're there to sell a car. So if it stumbles upon you, yes, you're going to sell a car. But I think for us, we at the first dealership we worked for, there was a lot of downtime and there was a lot of shit that stupid things that we did that (laughs) we, uh, yeah, just, just a lot of stuff that you can do with being a car salesman. Um, and you just, you just bought a house. Well, not just, but your house that you bought recently was uh it wasn't a nightmare, but it was, just, it was there was some stuff that uh that you were stressed about. What what uh what what happened? Tell us, tell me, because I forgot. Um, so I went through a lot of stuff through buying it. So the hardest point was being in car sales. Honestly, um, it kind of sucks. That that's the other thing about being in commission base is, um. Whenever you do buy a house, a lot of people do tell you that you have to be in the sales for two two years at least to buy a house, um, which I don't know if it's true, but I waited till two years um, to buy a house. And so just to make sure, make sure my income was good. Um, so whenever I was buying a house, they were trying to calculate my income, which is commission and um, also base income, um, which... They gave us as well, which was a certain amount, um, plus our commission. So whenever I was trying to buy a house or trying to calculate my income, uh, whenever they calculated was actually lower than I actually would make because they were calculating our our base income that we would always get paid. Um, so our base income was roughly about two thousand. Um, so imagine you making a certain amount of money, then minusing two thousand dollars from your check. Um, so it was actually showing a lot less than I was actually making. Um, so it was really hard for me to actually come up and, um, show that I would make enough money, um, which I was making it, but it just didn't seem like I was like on paper, right? On paper. Yeah. Okay. Um, and all these banks want to make sure that you are, you were there for two years and you have a certain amount of income, which is, um, certain percentage that you're buying on the house. Um, so Anyways, whenever I was going through a process as well, the mortgage company was just just terrible. Um, they were just going back and forth, and um, they weren't getting it done. And so I initially applied for the house that I initially, well, the one I bought. I saw it, I believe, in, <clears throat> I think it was July, and I was supposed to close on it in August, in the beginning of August. And this was right before we went to L.A. So July, July of 2019? 2019, yeah. Okay, so I remember. I was supposed to close on it like on August 6th. It was which like a month after I applied for it. 
um, because I had did my full two years at that job in June. So I applied for it in June and I found a house in the beginning of July. Um, and I was supposed to close on it like August 6th or something like that. So I was waiting for that. We were supposed to go on a trip was like on the 19th of August. So I was trying to get it all done within that time, which I was supposed to, but they actually just didn't do any of the paperwork. Like um, every time I would message them, like saying, hey, are we closing today? They would say yes. And um, they didn't have nothing done. It was crazy. Like it was just a horrible experience I've ever had. Um, and before we went on to the the trip, they were like, you're supposed to close like two days before. And I was like, all right, perfect, because I'm leaving for like five days. I want to make sure it's done. And when I come back, like my house is <clears throat> my house is closed on. Um, so before we went, they were just like kept on making excuses, making excuses. Um, and then come to it is my I don't remember what he's called, but he's just like the finance manager that deals with all my paperwork for the mortgage company. Yeah. He actually wasn't doing anything at all. Like for that whole month, or it was like a month and a half. He didn't do anything whatsoever. Like I was supposed to get a, I think it was a, I forgot what it's called, but they were supposed to, a USDA loan. Okay. I was supposed to do that okay. with zero down, no money out of pocket. I was just supposed to clo- do the closing costs. So I didn't have to do money down. Um, so I was supposed to save at least like $6,000 out of my pocket. Um, come to, I think it was like August, like 9th or something like that. This guy finally says like, Hey, you don't make enough money because of your, your base pay, which is 2000 and minuses from your income. You can't get this loan. And I said, so you're telling me this month, almost a month and a half later after I applied for this house. Yeah. Yeah. So I I was kind of mad. And so now we have to go through another loan. Uh, conventional loan and um, I, I was just so mad like I wanted to go through another company but I was so far into it with the seller that I had this mortgage company that I couldn't change it because I signed a contract so we had to change to a conventional loan um, probably this is like a week after our closing date um, just because I'm working in sell, car sales, that this is what messed it all up. But um, so I changed to conventional. I finally closed like two months after um, initially. Uh, it was probably a month and a half after initially thinking I was going to close. And that and guy was, got fired, right? Yeah, he, he got fired okay. because because of how he handled my my case. Like he didn't do anything for it. My realtor was awesome. Like he did everything that he could possibly do. He he did everything. Um, but it was just a finance yeah, manager it, or the finance guy. manager, yeah. but it's just also because the car sells, like that's what messed it all up, which was it sucked. Like I had to make sure that, um, uh, my income was perfect. And like, I, I even, before I bought that house, I was actually looking at a new home and building a new home, uh, which didn't work out because, um, it took about, I believe it was like three to six months to actually build a house. And with car sales, like I said before, your income never is consistent. It always changes. Yeah. Um, so no matter what, if I showed, like, say, my average was a certain amount uh, within that six months or three to six months, it could have possibly changed a dramatic amount, say, $500 to $1,000, um, preventing me to um, be able to buy a certain house that I wanted. Um, so I couldn't build a house. I had to buy a used house. I had to buy either a used house or a uh, available home that was... 
already built in um, a new home. Um, so it, it just was a it was a hassle. Um, I learned a lot from it, and uh, right now I am actually trying to go into real estate. Um, so hopefully I can learn a little bit more because um, I do want to learn into that stuff. And I, I think the best thing to do is to get into those kind of fields and and learn those those things you know, from hands-on experience rather than um, reading into it and trying to buy a house on your own without knowing. Because I didn't have anybody that showed me yeah, that's what, the, what to do. Yeah, um, for for a lot of um, yeah, just for us um, in general, there's a lot of things. Our group of friends, there's a lot of things that we're we're doing that for the first time, just because we don't have that um, that support, that mom, that or I mean, we have our parents, but to a certain extent, mom's never bought a house. Uh, well, just <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. Like we we, we have, some of us have that support, some of us don't. So there's some of us that are doing it for the first time. Yeah, for that sure. We have no idea what the hell we're doing, but we're doing it. And we're not winging it, but we're going as we're, we're going along as as it comes. So yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of shit that that um, I would say that we um, that we learned that we uh, wish we wouldn't have done that we um, we wish we could have done over, like as far as the the buying the house and picking the mortgage company or anything like that. But yeah, there's um, yeah that sound that shit sounds so stressful. It was stressful. You were there whenever I was going through. Uh, yeah, and to, to give the listener, so we we were working together, but. There was times where this, where Jimmy would be on the actual phone for shit. And I don't know, maybe an hour, maybe a little bit more than that at work. Keep in mind, you're trying to sell cars when you're in the like when you're at the when you're a car salesman. So having that, having that mortgage company or going through this while you're still having it to work, or why it, it just becomes so stressful. And I can see it. Like he would, he would come into work not wanting to work. He would, um, he would. Go home, trying to think about this. I'm sure you, you had some sleepless nights over that too, as well. So it's just it was all around a hectic time for for Jimmy. So if um yeah, if you're going through that, I wouldn't know what to tell you. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's a crazy time. How buying a house is all is in general. It's a fucking crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. There's so much shit you got to put together. Yeah, they do put you together. Taxes for sure. Yeah, there's. You know what? Um, there's some some interesting. There's some very very low rates right now, right? Like some yeah, for uh, sure. buying the houses. I know, man. I was actually 2. seeing 5. Say it again. Two point seven five. Holy shit! If you don't know that interest rate for a house, that super does, low. Yeah, super super low. There is man. There, I saw something on Twitter. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but there's this realtor I followed that's based out of Dallas, and he was saying that there are some new home builders that are actually. Giving that same interest rate, like I think it was like two point two point eight, two point nine, something under three, and but they're also paying the first six months payments for like no way. for first responders, first responders, oh, okay. um, what else? Like um, policemen, like essential workers, I, I should say to an extent. Like I think you have to be a first responder, you have to be a nurse, you have to be like a healthcare provider, like stuff, something like that. But yeah, that new home builder, I was just like, holy fuck. Rates low, you get your first six months paid for, and depending on which, how much your house is, I mean that's that's fucking crazy. So, it is definitely been a journey for both of us. Definitely, some things um, that we learned along the way. So, it was um, anything you want to plug right now? Anything you want to tell these listeners to uh, watch out for? Any anything at all, Jimmy? 
On <laughs> um, buying a house? No, just in general. A- anything we talked about. Just any tips, tricks, anything? Car buying? Um, I mean, we pretty much covered it all, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, buying a house is, is crazy. Like, I, I don't know. It's just it's just like buying a, buying a car too. It's just like you don't you go into it not knowing anything, and I went into it not knowing anything at all, um, and I, I just hope to possibly help somebody do it. And um, it's kind of the same for same thing for everything, like buying a car, going into college. Like you don't know anything. You just you jump jump into it if you don't have the parents or um, somebody to show you how to do it. Um, and it's crazy because me and Gilbert don't have anybody to show us like how to do these things. So we kind of have to learn from each other. Um, and I, I think I was, well, I am the first one to buy a house from, from our friends. So I didn't really have anybody to ask about it. Like my brothers and sisters and my mom, um, they've never bought an, bought in a house. Um, well, not recently. My mom bought one probably like. 30 years ago. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, that you actually were the first one out of all of us to buy a house. But yes. I mean, it is true. So and, I, I didn't have nobody to ask or go to um, to ask this information or um, like what kind of loan or what kind of experiences. And um, it, it's funny because a lot of our friends um, in the car business, they actually are also trying to buy a house or they have gone through it or we're going through it when I was going through it. And um, some of the experiences were different. Uh, some of them were easier. Some of them were just the same. Um, so it, it's it's crazy. Like um, you just have to learn from experience. And um, and I, I wish I could ask somebody, but there was nobody for me to ask at the time. Yeah. Um, and we have friends going trying to go through it now, and um, so hopefully I can possibly help them in in the process. But um, like every situation is different. Um, from the business that you're in and um, like a lot of my friends that are in car sales right now I can possibly help them more than my friends currently that are trying to buy a house um, because they were they're in the same situation that I am and then the friends that I have yeah that are not in the car sales yeah because I think just me and you yeah it's just me and you that were in a car business and other all our other friends they either own a business or they're actually um, like hourly wage so it's a little bit different. Um, when you come together to calculate your in- calculate your income to buy a house, but yeah, it's stressful, stressful, stressful. Car buying, house buying, whatever the situation. But to uh, plug you up, negotiate, take your financing to the damn dealership. Don't get put together. <laughs> um, get the car you want. Make sure it's exactly the way you want it. Color inside, everything in general. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Make sure you get the car you want. Like, yeah, never go into a place and walk out with a car that you didn't want yeah if you go into a dealership and you don't want that pacific color for whatever reason they don't have it or anything at all they can get it like there's been countless times where we've gone i don't know like somewhere out of state not out of state but somewhere out of san antonio to actually get Mm -hmm. a vehicle just because that customer wanted a pacific color on the inside or outside so get the damn get the actual vehicle you want because you are paying for this over four to six years this shit sometimes even seven so, yeah, that is uh, that is it, guys. Thank you for um, for tuning in. This is Gweezy Eleven. Appreciate you listening again. Five star reviews, five star reviews, people. Leave a damn review. I know you're putting the ratings, but leave a damn review. 
All right, guys. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Hey, Jimmy, thanks, bro. For sure.